The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and it's been some week. Last minute call-offs, new kits, seven minute sellouts, and progress in the Scottish Cup. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Wasted Journeys, Scottish Cup Review, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, Celtic Preview, The Loan Report, The Rumour Mill, United Supporters Foundation, Who Am I, On This Day with the Arab Archive, and it's another sellout at the Gardine in May. It's all coming up on episode 178 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, this is Morris Malpas, and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dude Fox podcast with the Livingston visiting Paul McNichol and the Livingston avoided Ronnie Costello. How was your Wednesday night, Paul? It was bailing, Rondo. Absolutely bailing. I thought I thought it was a wind-up because I, I, I drove through, I've got the wee man in the car, I've got Show and her sister in the back of the car and literally, if you know where the Tony Macaroni is, I pull up just about in line with Lidl which is beside the stadium, and I hear for the back say, oh, the game's off. I was like, yeah, very good. Very good. No, no, seriously, the game's off. I was like, you're kidding me. I says, we're here. I said, the stadium's right there, I can see it. So, uh, ah, the game was off. So we parked up, we thought, well, we'll hit it, go over, and I don't know, I can shout at the brickwork or something, <laughs> the, ex- the external of the stadium. Uh, oh, I was, I was raging. Like, that's that. that that's a nonsense. They're all joking. Like, I can. I can when I got called off that you'd have been laughing your tail off. Like, I can you. And no, because other people have wasted their time and money, but because I had. Passion I can that you would have found. Of course, I can that you would have found that hilarious, but it just shows, like, and it's it's nothing new, like, but punters aren't even an afterthought. They they didn't come into the thinking when it, when it comes to whether or no the game's on. And then obviously the... Word started coming out that Liam Fox had been at the pitch inspection. Squeaky voice Martindale had had been there, obviously, because it's his pitch uh, at three o'clock. And they were both surprised that it was deemed playable by the fourth official. Uh, so it was it was good to see that the fourth official got his knuckles wrapped severely by being awarded a referee gig for the Dunfermline v Partick game in the Scottish Cup yesterday. So not one who is given by the people in authority at all. Waste of time, waste of money, waste of journey. The thing that um, the thing that gets me is that they obviously call a pitch inspection at like three o'clock, and there's like games on, whatever. Surely then, you've got to look at the weather forecast. See, it's going to go down to at least zero, maybe even less than that. How do they think it's getting better? Like if it's playable at three. There's still every chance it's no playable at seven, given it's getting colder as it goes on. And I believe it was 50 50 at three o'clock, you know. Well, well that's it. Like you, you're saying it was playable at three. Ah, and the fourth officials is. Yes. But Liam Fox and Martindale, they were of the opinion that it wasn't playable at three. And as you say, nobody's a, a weatherman or a meteorologist or man like that. But well, that's a big if word. they're of the. Oof. I don't care what it means. But. You didn't hate to be the smartest guy in the room to can if you're of the opinion at three o'clock that the pitch isn't playable and temperatures are a water drop about two or three mere degrees. 
then it's not going to improve the situation. So it was, uh, it was, it was fairly annoying. Like there was, there was some decent banter outside the stadium when uh, I think it was the Arctic Arabs bus showed up and a few boys got off and there was a few songs. Uh, Are you Dundee in disguise? We there pitch woes recently. Uh, it was it was all right, but we we saw the United team filing out the stadium. Some of them stopped and had a wee blather. We were uh, they can they were as miffed as as we were, but I dare say they hadn't spent twenty five quid on petrol like we did, so they weren't as miffed. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's a huge frustration for everyone. I was speaking to Dave Hill yesterday for DU TV, and uh, I'd said to him, I says, uh, "Good good trip through Wednesday." He says. I thought I'll get out of my work early. Hope his boss doesn't listen to this. So I'll get my work, I'll get down there. Flew through the traffic, he says, barely any traffic. Got there, basically, I had something to eat, had a drink, got got a juice, coffee, whatever it was. And he says, I was there before the team bus. That's how early he was there. Um, And then obviously it kind of came out. And this is the thing was, so I was uh, was in Aberdeen that day with work. So Say to them, you just, you can't be arsed. And you get back for there and then it's like, oh, I can't be arsed going to Livingston. So we were actually, when the game got called, we were walking the dog. And then uh, in a group chat, that something appeared it, it, for um, somebody and it said something like, oh, hello and good night. I thought, that's about cryptic. And I was like, wait a minute here. I went onto Twitter. I was like, can't be called off. Now, obviously, I share this news with Claire and she's like, and what does that mean? So the game's off. So kind of watch that tonight. Wouldn't you watch something else? You know, and it'll, <laughs> all, be, it'll all be Coronation Street. And she was clearly gutted um, <laughs> for that. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, so listen, for every single fan that made the journey and whatever else, you know, it's the outlet of fuel, the transport, you know, if you've went for, I know, I think most people seem, uh, once they got there, they went away for something to eat and then just come back up the road, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's massively, massively disappointing. And, you know, it's, it's just not good enough, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And listen, it's no good at any time of the year, but when it is, you know, the the, the cost of living crisis and all this kind of stuff and the outlays of, of money, which as we'll get to you in a minute because I'll have been a lot this week, but there's there's a lot to spend and then to go. But I mean, but you'd said you already had your tickets, didn't you, for previous, for the, set of yes. the first postponed game, but still, there's new people there that have went, fancy the game on Wednesday. Right, let's go and get a couple of tickets. I don't know what the tickets yeah. were. Say twenty five. Yeah, and and, you know? and even if they're they're in like two minds to do it, they look and they're like, oh, three o'clock games on. Cool, right, definitely going to go then. Aye. And then a matter of what was it, seventy minutes before uh, kick off? Just before the teams would have been announced. Eh? And absolutely, it's just farcical, Rondo. It really is. Mm. That it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it simply shouldn't have happened. Eh? And it's not. It's no. I don't blame Livy. I can't. Like, I don't like plastic pitches. I don't blame the pitch. I blame the boy that inspected it and said it was on when another couple of people that were there, the managers or the teams that were due to play, were of the opinion that it wasn't a playable at that time. So uh, I, th- I think the officials have made an absolute Roger Hunt of this. Yes, not 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 the best at all. That game, uh, I'm led to believe, won't now be rearranged until March time. So uh, Because obviously there was postponements and stuff with the Scottish Cup and all that kind of stuff so that's it's looking like it's going to be March to there um, which is obviously disappointing I think it's everyone would be keen to get the game in and have a go at it and whatever else but um, it looks like it will be March for a third attempt 
to get to the mm. Tony Macaroni Arena for that. Well, yeah. Well, I'll see. I might not go. I might just <laughs> stay in the huff about it. Bad camps. An absolute protest. Uh, so, before we got to uh, the Scottish Cup game yesterday, there was a minty green kit announced. Now, there was obviously murmurs and rumours and whatever else that there was going to be a new kit. And then it was obviously leaked online before the club had had a chance to officially stick it out there. What was your first thoughts? My first thoughts? I, th- I like it. I think it's a really, really nice football top. Uh, but having seen it yesterday, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're watching United when they're running about the pitch wearing it. But as a football jersey, I think it's class. I do like it. I, and again, it's it's no universally liked for what I've seen in the comments, but uh, it's it's a nice effort. Why it's came out in the middle of January like they did last year, I've no idea. It's I mean it's still as expensive as when you get to wear it for a whole season. The team themselves, what, what we're going to wear it three or four times, maybe. I thought, yeah. So I, th- I think it's it's a bit expensive for what it is, but obviously I'm a mug, uh, and I've got a bear that likes football strips. So of course I had the bet too. <laughs> and uh, interestingly, though, it's just a top that's for sale. Yeah, yeah, and again, from my point of view, that's neither here nor there because I wouldn't buy shorts or socks anyway however for Burns these days Burns they, they want they want the, the hell kit mm. and even if you had to release some shorts and socks in that colour then like Leo certainly because he had his top on the day at his football but it just looked daft because he had like black shorts and black socks on it and it doesn't really I can't it doesn't really matter but it doesn't really go with it can so I, I don't care. I'm maybe going to hit a bracket into Matthew Cujo's house or nick his shorts off his line or something because that's about the only ends that will fit Leo. I'll, <laughs> I'll, hit, a, I'll hit a choir of him somehow because he's, he's no happy with this situation. Yeah, actually, it, 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 looking at it yesterday, I quite liked it when it came out as well. I mean, I've, I've said this loads of times, I'm not a massive, you know, I don't buy nice. many tops, I don't keep many tops, I've never really bought one. I quite like the black one this season, like if I was to buy one in the end of season sale, it'd probably be the black one. Um, but I quite like that. But yeah, quite, it looked pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm quite, a bit like, I don't know what it is, Ronda. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but when United released like a pink strip or the purple strip the other year or this strip, like I could look at them as a football jersey and think, ah, that, that's quite nice. But when you actually see the team wearing it and playing in it, it's, I don't know, I can. Like, give me, tans- give me tangerine and black every day of the week unless there's a kick clash, which is rare. Yeah. That's my thoughts on it. Hmm. But you've still got it. Of course I did. <laughs> Skin for life. Right in time for the Scottish Cup fourth round. Obviously, history being made for the opposition. Uh, University of Stirling were, of course, the visitors to Tannadice. Uh, they play in the Lowland League. They play with the two Airstreaks B teams. They play with Open Goal. They play with uh, some of our favourite teams in Cumberland. Caledonian Colts Braves. And Caledonia Braves and all them mm-hmm. uh, down there. And they seem to be going along uh, pretty, pretty well. And I think, I mean, for me, it was a case that we need to get the traps quick. We need to get the game away. We need to do this. We need to do that. And for some reason, on the day <laughs> yesterday, I thought. <laughs> I'm not sure how this is going to go the day. Then also the team come out and I was quite glad. I think maybe if we'd played during the week, there might have been more changes, but it was just the uh, 
there was a couple of changes, you know, Ross Graham came in, Charlie McGrew came in, McLeod, Levitt, McGrath. So there is five changes, but what I'm probably saying is it's not as, it could have been real wholesale changes, it could have been a lot more young boys starting, which I'm glad it wasn't, but as the first half went on, <laughs> I was probably hoping it was. But it was good mm. to see, you know, Levitt back in, McGrath back in, Rory McLeod getting another chance, because I think the only other game he started is that Celtic game. For, for United yeah. and obviously yeah. Mulgrew and Graham come in which um, you know McMahon dropped out um, Edwards dropped out amongst others um, Tony Watt back on the bench that kind of thing and even that yesterday with nine players on the bench you were still thinking well there's a couple of boys missing out here you know Young Ertz was mm-hmm. missing said that was it uh, fit as well uh, Liam Fox come out and said after it so it shows there's you know there is a maybe a slightly bigger squad than we think there is but at the same time I still think depth is a bit of a problem. Um, on paper yesterday, it should have been fine going into it. Were you up for it? I was kind of excited because it was the cup, but that was that was probably it. Yeah, it's it's. You know what? I was up for it, but probably because uh, all the reaction and all the videos and the well wishes that they were getting, and like I saw some people online getting like annoyed and pissed off with that, like. It wasn't annoying me because, let's be honest, if University of Stirling had been drawn against any other team, you'd have probably wanted them to win. But they weren't drawn against any other team. They were drawn against our team. So you want them pumped. And I I was hoping that we would go as strong as possible. Uh, You could argue that we we did, given give or take one or two players, maybe. Uh, But I genuinely thought we would steamroller them. I really did. And can I sit here shaking my head thinking how on earth did I think that <laughs> because like okay it was a comfortable game like the pretty much the whole match was comfortable I'd never felt under any pressure but it didn't uh, like it wasn't an entertaining match by any stretch of the imagination certainly know that first 40, 45 no 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 I, I thought at times the first half we were far too high up the pitch like you take six boys in a line up front how are you getting the bar them? And uh, they've got nine behind the bar, can Yeah. I thought but, but that, they did, I didn't think that they, they didn't play a flat back nine, but as you say, because we seem to just push people forward, I don't know what it was, but we we done an awful lot of that side to side again yesterday. I know. Oh my god. I know. I drive, it, it's no it's no just me, it's no just you. That just drives people insane. Uh, you it's so easy, like you weren't there. A lot of people have said, ah, still the, the uni boys that came in and they'd they done well, can they ran themselves into the ground. They didn't really hate it. They just had to go from side to side for majority of the afternoon because that's how we were doing. There wasn't a, until subbies were made second half, there wasn't really anybody that thought, I'm just going to carry the bar 20, 30 years. I'm going to run it, a couple of them, and commit them. Like Sybil done it a couple of times, but we didn't, we just never seemed to trouble them at all. And they didn't really do it. They didn't trouble us, but you didn't expect them to trouble us. Like if they if they had been troubling us, then that, that would have been quite worrying. But it was like you could I could be I could be really critical about it, but I don't want to be because it was a cup game, and all that really matters is that you get through it. Mm. And like all joking aside, that literally is all that matters in a cup game. Did I want more goals? Of course, I wanted more goals. I'm sure I'm sure the players would have wanted to get a few goals under their belt as well, but. At the end of the day, it never really happened for what. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a frustrating certainly first half, you know, say side to side and end of the day, twenty one year old boys, like they'll be they'll be alright then that then doggies. They'll be okay. But yeah, it was it, it was uneventful, I think. We we did have a couple of chances, you know, Roland McLeod went close, Stephen Fletcher. I think it was given for handball. When it looked yeah. he just hit his arse and go in, it would have been fine. Uh. You know, there were there was chances we had been you know, Dylan Levitt had one blocked, I think, as well. So it was frustrating in that. But I, I just thought, I thought we were just really high up the pitch, and that when somebody had the ball as we were approaching, it was it was then tough to go right. Where does the ball go for here? Because they've got men on two men on us. Like there's no there was no gaps, there was no spaces, and that's when it would maybe go back again or go side. It was just getting really, really frustrating. Um, and then right on half time, pretty much we. We break the dialogue with the mad Aussie getting a, yep. getting a, a great finish. Great, great finish. Good knock. It was a, it was actually a decent move, but I forget who passed it to McGrath. To Graham. McGrath. Was, Graham's crossed it though, has he? No, McGrath crossed that. It. it was knocked down by Fletcher. McGrath crossed it. Fletcher knocks down and be it spins his man mm. and, and rattles it in the roof of the net. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a good finish. No doubt about it. It was a great. It was a great finish. And did that probably what we needed? Did that settle nerves, or do you think that just was like well, a bit of relief? Well, or but why was nervous? Boy, shouldn't have been nervous yesterday. Shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have been. But the way the first half was going, I think people were getting a bit maybe antsy. I, but yeah, but I, I wouldn't. Have, I, I, it didn't settle me doing any. Like I wasn't. A, I was fairly calm. I would like to think that the players were as well, uh, because it just felt. It felt inevitable that we would get something. But typically when you're playing a team like a part-time amateur team of Burns, essentially, then of, of course when you're when you're in a top flight against a team like that, you're expecting to give them an absolute tubbing. And it just it just never ever happened. <clears throat> and if I had been sitting here on the back of a 10 9 win, then uh, <laughs> maybe in me I'd have said, well, can we should be betting them down now. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 bottom line is you got through. It was far from pretty. There was a few poor performances in the team, but there was a couple of wee shining lights as well. No, as many as you would have hoped, but uh, like McGrath's goal, my goodness, we had to speak about that. That was, uh, that was, if that's not the goal of the round, then there must be a good end to be scored the day as we're recording this. Mm. Well, even, that was uh, an absolute peach. Even in that second half, you know, you had. Uh, head McLeod and McGrew had a couple of headers. McGrath went mm. one through one on one and probably should have scored. Should have done better. Um, should have done better. Um, and then uh, they, they had a real chance. The number six went past about three bodies, and I was like, "Oh no!" But again, didn't they didn't really trouble the goalie, which was <laughs> Christ. I think that he went wide actually. Um, Mile wide. But the second goal the afternoon. It was a bit of style, wasn't it? It was, a, it was classy. Yeah, it was. It was a class goal. Uh, it was good work for Rory McLeod. He's hit it across and the defender's got half a block on it and yeah. it's shot up in the air. And McGrath's been the coolest man in the stadium and he's just casually done an overhead kick and buried it. <laughs> Absolute peach. I mean, that could, have been, that could have been against anybody. That's, a, that's just a great goal. Yeah. It's just a great goal to score. Yeah, that's just effortless. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he, but he, but he, a lot of what he does does appear to be effortless. Uh, he is a he is a very tidy, very good, accomplished player. There's no doubt about that. He's a very very good football player. And uh, then we had a load of changes. 
Uh, we saw Paul at Middleton, Cujo, Niskanen come on, uh, McLeod, McGrath, Fletcher, Freeman went off. I think there was another change, but I can't mind. Uh, oh, it was Harks later on. Um, we had four changes relatively quickly, given it, you know, it was 2-0 up. It's, again, still didn't see them ever really getting back into the game or anything else. I thought the fans were brilliant, by the way. I thought it was it was pantomime stuff at times, but it was... It was uh, for the, the very first... Like we must have took kick off. We did that. I'm thinking because ball. the first time they touched the band and the boys just harumphed it doing the park as well. But it was yeah, <laughs> as if they'd scored a goal, they'd got a touch, and that lasted for about the first two or three minutes. Like that, that was that was decent. Like, yeah. uh, but I hope they've all got bad handovers today. <laughs> uh, but the changes gave us a bit more of a spark as well. It did, yeah, and that's because we brought on players that like to carry the ball. Cujo, loves to carry the bar. Paula, can't believe he got booked for Devon against a team of students when we're two and a half up. Oh, that, Jesus. That was PR. embarrassing. There was a boy beside me like, what did he get booked for? I didn't hear the hurt. <laughs> I didn't hear the hurt to say, because he's fucking chit. He dived. That's how he got booked. Because then you'd have been in a conversation. He wouldn't have dived against them. No, he did. I seen it. he just done it. Middle of the park. For not even trying to win a penalty or not, which I'm not saying you should, but it's that was so, it's such a blatant dive as well. Plants both feet together, throws himself at the deck. Of course, it's a booking. What, what possesses people to do stuff like that? Pathetic, oh. absolutely pathetic. But to your point about the, the the change when when the subbies were made, it's because Middleton, Cujo, and Paula they like to get the ball and they like to carry it and run it, boys and. Kujo's obviously had a fair bit of credit for his performance yesterday. Some boys demanding that he's, he sees more time uh, in the actual league games. I mean, I suppose ideally, maybe, but that, he came on after, I don't know, what, 70 minutes or whatever, against a tiring part-time team. Like, And if he cannot look half decent against them, then that would be a worry. But I don't care if he's I don't care if he's the sort of player that uh, the thing is that sort of player is the reason that we are like football because you love seeing players that just want to get the band tap boys on and run at people commit defenders create a chance hear shot score a goal something like that. But I don't care if you can play him against like a Celtic next week. If I'm Liam Fox, he's no one messed that in eleven. No, and that's no even a slight on Gujo, but. I, I think he's maybe a luxury player for something like next week. And we, I think we're we, not going to hear that. I think that the big thing with um, with Kujo is he, he's he's obviously got talent. He's obviously got something there. I think the big thing is as well though. It's not just about attacking. You've got to have a defensive mindset as well, and you know you've got to be good in both areas. Whether it's defending mm-hmm. a corner, a cross, whatever, like whatever position you play in, you you see it when. You know, Stephen Fletcher uses height and go back. But even when it, if Tony Watt was up front, he would go back in the box to defend. You've got to have these responsibilities, and I'm just no sure. Any time I've seen him, I've never. I don't think I've seen him like Rory McLeod's a wee bit different because he'll track back. I think he just wants the bar, but he he's maybe understand a bit quicker. Like I like Kujo in terms of he's unpredictable, but he's positive. He wants to go forward. He's happy to beat a boy, but I'm the same as you. Like yesterday, he should have showed up pretty well. Like again, mm, he comes on with course. seventy minutes to play against boys that are playing on a pitch they've probably never played on the size of that Tanadice compared to what they're maybe playing on. You know, it's different. It's 
it's probably at a higher pace or they've had to do a lot of work without the ball. So as time goes on, you would expect it. I mean, even Peter Pollock danced past three boys. Like, he's not done that for ages. Until he's... But yeah, I, I'm the same. Like, maybe he is a player that, that can be in and around. Uh, but... Mm. He needs yeah. Rondo. He needs games. Yeah. See the matter. Like we must have stuck about hundred boys out on loan in the last. I think week. another few could go. Eh. Well, and I hope they it, do just for you on a Sunday. It doesn't put me up in the doing as long as they are keep going to Farfar. That's fine by <laughs> me because I don't have to do too much work. But somebody like Kujo, if he's not going to be getting regular minutes, and I would, I find it hard to see why he gets these regular minutes unless we change the system dramatically. But he needs games. Same, same with Sadat. Like we, like he wasn't even in the squad yesterday. He was sitting in the stand, fully fit. If he's if he's not going to get games here, put them out on loan. They're not going to get any better. No playing these bounce games and B games and academy games. They they didn't cut it, and that's how we put boys out on loan. Or that's the mindset. Like you put them out on loan, they play against grown men, trying to pay their bills, trying to get a win bonus, and they'll kick you black and blue. And it shows if you've got it or no. That these guys maybe need that. Yeah, because I think that when you're looking at like the front three, when we're in that front three, you are looking at you know Fletcher or what, and then you're looking at Middleton or McLeod, and then you're looking at you know McGrath or Harks. You know that's that's kind of I'm just not sure where he or who he plays in front of because mm-hmm. you know for me certainly I've I've really liked Middleton and Harks up beside Fletcher, but I've got no problem with. You know, McGrath being in there, and so I think it gives the manager a bit of a headache now. That McGrath's fit. Harts mm-hmm. has been doing really well. McGrath come on yesterday again. His first game back shows enough. He's a good football player. Takes his goal really well. You know, so that'll be interesting come Sunday. You know, and and then you've got you know Sybil Lever Nejum yesterday. He wasn't in the the twenty either. Um, so there's there's him, Mikasin, and Sadat knowing it. You know, so. I still think when you look at the bench yesterday, you know, because it was the cup, you were like, oh, Middleton can come on, that's cool. Hearts can come on, fine. Paula, you know, is, is a first team player, has been for a while, but in Kujo and this kind we've barely seen uh, and stuff like that. So it's really, you know, it's a real interesting end that, that, that kind of where it goes. But I do, I do, I, I like his unpredictability, but is he the answer right now? I don't it's think so. It's but because, I wouldn't have been. Because he's exciting. I've not had against him exciting. being an option, no. you know. Um, I, Rondo, I would love him to maybe mature just a wee bit more and to be in the team because he's the sort of player that Abdi likes going to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's there's a lot to work on, uh, and I don't think that we're where we are in the league. Certainly, we can't just have a luxury player like we need Abdi knocking the pans in until you get out of that predicament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now maybe other people will be like that, but we can. You need an, an an enigma to try and create things and whatever. Like, I get that, but. I'm a wee bit more cautiously minded when it comes to where we are in the league. I would just rather like we knock our pans in to get these points that we need and get away from that area. Yeah. And with uh, nine minutes left, Charlie McGrew sticks the ball forward. The goalie thinks, I can get there. Glenn Midland's like, nah, you can't. Yeah. 3-0, done. Yeah, for their point of view, a terrible goal. For your point of view, opportunistic for Midland, done his job. <laughs> That's all you can ask, is it? Uh, but yeah, like the, the the game, almost for the first minute, I, I never, it was never in doubt. I didn't mm. think. I'm a big fan of Adelaide. Eh? I'm a big fan. Yeah, I just like I, I mentioned it last week. I'd like to see him get a wee bit fitter. 
like yesterday when he's come off the bench, of course he's going to be in the better players on the park. Like he's playing against boys that are students and they're tired at that point. And uh, I don't know if he's pissed on Douglas Ross's chips in the past or something, but he, <laughs> the Tory boy certainly didn't like Middleton yesterday. He was forever flagging him offside and, and whatever. But Middleton, he'd he done very well when he came on. Yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, the result means we are in the heart for the fifth round. It's drawn tonight. So mm-hmm. by the time you hear this, we'll know who we're playing. Um, mm-hmm. it could who you be want? A, oh, you know Dundee? what? I would generally need to look. <laughs> um, so in the next round are Celtic, Falkirk, no. Motherwell, Hamilton, who put a Ross County on penalties, Kilmarnock, Partick Thistle, St Myrne, Livingston, the Rangers. And there was a good few... They play well. Hibs Hearts is today. Uh, yeah. Darvel play Aberdeen. Elgin play Drumchapel United. Linlithgow Rose play Wraith. Uh, Cove play Air United, and Inverness Cali play Queens Park. So uh, they're yeah. all easiest fourth. team. Easiest uh, team is what I want at Donadice. Yes, yeah, I would want. And I think it's the weekend of the eleventh of February. I think it's the next round. So cool. Um, yeah, same. I mean, it's job done, we're through. I think for the first half it was pretty meh. Second half we kind of got better. Still a bit, it was still a bit but, meh, but still won. Meh. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is that at the end of the day. Um, it doesn't count towards our awards this season, but uh, man of the match, if you were to uh, McGrath. I think McGrath. Interesting. Yeah. Uh uh, and I miss, uh, you were uh, heggied yesterday up, weren't you? You went to the heggy, got back to it. Go to the heggy, yeah. Good that fun. was a right hoot as well. Uh, because they were asking, like, I went in and the woman stopped us at the gate. And she was like, you'll have to show us your season ticket. I was like, it's uh, it's a cup game. <laughs> she was like, ah, but you need to show your ticket to get in. And I was like, well, luckily for you and I guess me, I keep them in my wallet. So here's mine's and here's the Burns. Oh, thank you very much. And you go, sir. No bother. I get in, there's about three tables full of Sterling Uni fans. I'm like, wait a minute here. How on earth did three tables worth of Sterling Uni fans get in here? We use their season tickets. What's going on? How am I getting stuff? What a nonsense. But uh, the Heggy was always enjoyable. The curtain machine was working. The curtain machine wasn't working. And our mates ran up a tab. It's unconfirmed reports that he's refusing to pay. I didn't can. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good laugh. Like They had the music on. It was... It was a cup atmosphere in the Heggy yesterday. Yeah. I'd been a cup game, you had an away day. I had an away day, mm. yeah. I headed for the Dode Fox stand. Some would say that because you're under the thumb. No, no, nothing like that, Ron. <laughs> for a different view. Uh, and oh, it was uh, it was a brave view of McGrath's goal that I got. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that I moved for that one game. Uh, and uh, because it has been a game as usual. We're looking for your good, bad and the ugly from yesterday. The good Rondo. We'll start with the good. We won. We kept a clean sheet. We scored an absolute peach. We were comfortable throughout and we're in the hat for the next round. That's the good. Doesn't get any better than that on a cup weekend. The bad. Peter Pollock being booked for Devon against an amateur site when we were already winning the game. That's embarrassing. And the ugly. 
that shite house of a linesman slash assistant referee Douglas Ross once again avoiding running the Dode Fox stand line. Coward. <laughs> he kens you'll get it tight. He got it tight for this, the University of Stirling mob and ah. He would have got it tighter for well, the Dode Fox. I tell you what, I also enjoyed the uh, the uh, the Stirling mob calling uh, Charlie Mulgrew uh not a Tim, but the opposite side, the bastard. And I thought that was okay. quite amusing. <laughs> do, they, do they can? They normally go to rugby games, uh, do they? they Dafties uh, or Quidditch or something. Drunk, Who knows? Probably drunk pints of passion, ah. Huh? Guaranteed. <laughs> no, even they're in. Madden's. You're ugly. The ugly was Douglas Ross oh, being, a fair, being a, a afraid to run the, the touchline of, of the a shite bag. I believe is ah. the phrase. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so Celtic Cup on Sunday. Uh, they beat Morton five 0 yesterday. Anything happened var wise yesterday? <laughs> Christ! <laughs> to the team uh, that gets nothing. That I'm, I'm guessing that you've seen it, Rondo. I'm guessing I've that seen you've the seen the first thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the one that was given as a penalty, and it's 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 got to the stage where it's no even it's no even ah oh, it's because it's Celtic that got it. It's referees are just. Incompetent, like they, they don't know how that in anybody's mind can be a penalty. I have no idea. I have no idea. When you see it in real time, you didn't even see it. It happens that quick. Three, like one, the Celtic boy tries to toe poke a shot through, it ricochets off a Morton boy, and then it kind of flicks up and hits F.A. Ambrose's hand. And they are must be within about three yards of each other. Nobody can do anything about it. And then some arsehole. And a studio has looked at it and thought, oh, wait a minute, uh, Mr. Clancy, you might want to go and have a look at this because I think that there's a, a questionable thing has just happened on the field of play here. But that's all right because that's what you hear a referee for. To, a wee bit of common sense to go out at the monitor and say to the arsehole back in the studio, no, nah, that's not penalty. But that's not what happened. The boy Clancy agreed with the arsehole in the studio and gave the penalty. It was never a penalty. In a month of Sundays, never. No, no, but they never get anything. <laughs> of course, no. And <laughs> online's funny at times. Like it really is. Like so, some Celtic-minded fans that I, that I read their comments were of the opinion, ah, they gave us that just to prove that there's no conspiracy against them. I was like, what? What boys are doing somersaults in their own minds? It's just, it's just incompetent refereeing. Or it's an interpretation that they've they've come to a conclusion interpreting what they've seen. But it's never a penalty. I, I don't care why you are. I would argue until I'm blowing the fish that was never a penalty yesterday. No. No, it's, this is ridiculous. But uh, it's a four o'clock kickoff on Sunday, which is great news, obviously. Um, nightmare for you, Rondo. A nightmare for you. So next week's episode, I'll tell you this now. So next week's episode is just going to be a review of the match, and then we've got a guest interview that we've had for a while. Um, so there'll be no Paul will be delighted. There'll be no loan report probably. There'll be no who uh, who am I? There'll be no you know um, on this day or stuff because uh, I'm actually having to record the podcast in a hotel room down at Edinburgh Airport <laughs> about half past nine at night or something it'll be by the time we blow and get there so uh, yeah it will be next week will pretty much be that and then we've got an interview 
um, that we've done ages ago that we've just been sitting mm-hmm. on and it's a cracker so uh, we'll put that out for next week so that's what next week's episode's going to be um, yeah let's just not get a repeat eh? August that's that's <laughs> all I want that's all I want Ronda uh, <laughs> that kind of happened <laughs> that, that kind of happened again I'm laughing but like whew, that, that kind of happened again ever in my life Disguise. Or in my bairn's life, because he's going to outlive me. That stuff like that kind of happened to us. It's it's no a game I'm looking forward to. I hate to be honest. Nah, when they're at it, they're just steamroll teams. They're just absolutely bar teams. Uh, and I can't like we we didn't we didn't really trouble Stirling University that much yesterday. So I'm no foreseeing us troubling them all that much. Albeit it's a completely different game. Uh, they'll know hey, anything like a flat back six, seven, eight or nine at any point in the game. Mm. But they might have a forward line of six, seven, eight or nine going forward. So uh, it's uh, th- these these are the games I least look forward to these Same days. Like I hate Celtic. Them. I hate Celtic. Them, eh? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's because what we've witnessed in the past mm. uh, and you hate to go a long, long way back well, to I suppose, very I, well, I many good the, memories. The game in May, yeah, one all, one all. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll I was there. Point. That was probably how it was good. Well, let's let's see if you can maybe get an earlier flight Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also a scoreline of convenience. Like they they all, they took to the pitch that night, wanting to win. Like they they wanted to win because I think if they won, then it, it was as good as wrapped up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but once it got to one all, one all was good enough for us. One all was good enough for them. The last fifteen minutes kind of played it. A wee bit farcical, I suppose. Uh, Great goal, but, uh, You would, yeah, absolute peach fell ever that night. An yeah. absolute screamer. Yeah. Uh, we could do with something like that again on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. but just as you say, we kind of, we kind of be anything like it was back in August. That kind of happened. I'm just looking actually at the um, the lineup for that game. So Ben was in the goal. Uh, Smith, Edwards, McMahon, McDonald, Niskanen, Mikasen, Levitt, Freeman, Clark, McLeod was the lineup for that mm-hmm. day. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I was watching it on a on a stream at a restaurant in Barcelona, and uh, got it on, and I was like, I remember Levitt was taking the shot, and I thought, good, that looks all right. That oh, got a chance here. Froze five minutes <laughs> later. Are refreshers and I'm thinking, oh, nothing happening here. And then I looks in the top corner and it says one all. I'm like, what's going on here? This is amazing. Screamer. Uh, Screamer. Yeah, yeah, it was. So I watched the back. It was, it was class. I think actually that ended up watching like uh, sports scene uh, ways and means, if you know what I mean, uh, that mm. night. And I was like, oh, this is no bad. This. So yeah, that would be uh, yeah, be class. We could do that again. So we'll see what. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll I, I, I guess I guess in football you never know, like expect the unexpected. But just it's very hard sitting here as a, a United fan that's been uh, the majority of United Celtic games throughout the last umpteen years to look on this in in any way possible that we're going to get something for it. So we we live in hope. We almost got something at Parkhead uh, for us that's hadn't offended in injury time. So. You never know, you never know, but it's not a game I'm looking forward to. No, not at all. Uh, And the rumour mill this week, uh, I heard this this morning, that uh, 
Amy Niskanen is apparently going to Forest Green Rovers, but there's mm-hmm. a, the work permit's proving difficult. Now, I don't know how true it is, but yeah. I was telling her this morning, then I seen something online as well. So, um, obviously, the Forest Green Rovers scout is casting his net far and wide to Scotland yeah. and his ex-team. Um, well, he wasn't here when Niskanen signed up, though, was he? I think, I think he was, yeah. Was he? Maybe, I'm, I'm not sure. No what do you, th- you make so. of that? Uh, I mean, is it alone? Is it who? If he's no, if we're not, if we're not going to play him, then you're, you're as well moving him on. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's my opinion on on any player. Like if, if he's just picking up a wage, sitting on the bench, and I'm absolutely no saying it's his fault that he's just picking up a wage and sitting on the bench. Like if the managers, if he's not on the manager's plans, then what was the point in, in hanging him around the place? Yeah. No point, I would suggest. So, so it might be best. Yesterday was the first time he's been on the pitch since we beat Kilmarnock four 0 in November. Yeah, and even then, how long was he on that game? Like, it couldn't have been. I dare say he didn't start that game. Probably came on four minutes. two minutes. Four minutes. That's we're wasting Abdi's time. We're wasting his time. Wasting our time here. Him. Then I can what the, what the laddie gets paid. I suppose that doesn't really it doesn't matter to me and maybe it'll come in that with the club if he's on a, a half decent wage mm. but yeah I, I do, if somebody wants him I don't think that the club will be too difficult to, to deal with because he, he doesn't get a game no um, and <clears throat> just to li- seamlessly link that Carl uh, Johan Eriksson has joined Danish side uh, FC Norshaland uh, on loan which means he'll be appearing in the loan report very soon. <laughs> you uh, think? Indeed well, I, I do. Check, I checked out the day, Rondo, because boys were saying, you'll hit a hit at Like I was, th- I was like, nah, I'm not adding him. He's, he's not getting a mention because that's way above and beyond that. How am I meant to keep tabs on them? It's easy. But they, they, must, they must be in like a winter break or something because they didn't play again for about an hour month. Huh? And that team's top of the league. Yes, indeed. So I don't care as have they got an injury crisis with your keeper? Is he going there to be the backup? I find it hard that, to believe that a team at the top of the league, and there's a couple of decent teams in that league, would be looking at Dundee United's reserve keeper mm. to to go and be their number one. I find that I find that bizarre. I think their I think their league actually finishes in March. Well, they've only played about 17, 18 games or something. I doubled, well, I checked it the day. I forget the exact number, but the next fixtures are the middle of February. 19th of February, 24th of February, 5th of March, 12th of March, 19th of March. <sighs> so it's a while off. But before we, we jump into the loan report, the rumour mill also, I saw a report today that we're bringing over yet another Ugandan trialist. Uh I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the boy's <laughs> name. I'll leave that nonsense to you in a couple of weeks when we sign him on a 12-year deal. Uh, but yeah, like that's obviously it's obviously a route that the club are looking to go down. Looking for hidden gems, Kamur, maybe a small fee. And uh, kind of you might, I don't know, they might be thinking, oh, if we bring five or and one of them marks for money, then it's all been worth it. I don't know, but uh, it does seem to be like just a, a shot in the dark. You know, it doesn't seem like we're signing this guy to go straight into the team, which is probably what we need to be doing if we're going to leave the month of January stronger than when we entered it, certainly, because we've put that many boys out on loan uh, and we've not brought anybody in. It's very difficult to, 
to argue that we are in a stronger position. So time will tell on that one. But two-year loan report, Rondo. We'll start with a nice easy end. Declan Glass at Cove Rangers. Kamath. Another plastic pitch that just couldn't mark it. Chris Mulcrey at Dunfermline. Chris would start his side Scottish Cup tie away to Partick on Saturday, but it was to be one of his quieter days. He'd only last 57 minutes before being withdrawn this week, and his Dunfermline side were knocked out on penalties after the match itself finished 1-0. Adam Hutchison, Darren Watson and Finn Robson at Forfa. This week, Dan Watson headed up to Station Park to join up with Ray McKinnon's charges, and he was expected to make his debut for Forfa against his United teammates Kai Fotheringham and Flynn Duffy, but the weather put paid to that fixture. This means that for the last three weeks, Kai and Flynn have not had a game, and Flynn is still to make his debut for Stirling Albion. Leighton Brisland at Peterhead. Leighton would again start at right-back for his Peterhead side, making it two starts in his first two games, and he would also play the full 90 minutes this week as Clyde visited. He'd help his side to a clean sheet and three points, as Peterhead won 1-0. Rory Adams at Gala Ferradine Rovers. With 23 league places between Gala and Kelty Hearts, Saturday's East of Scotland Cup semi-final was always going to be difficult, especially away from home. While Kelty rested a few of their players, the team was still quite formidable and had the lion's share of possession and territory from the start. Within the first 20 minutes, Rury had pulled off two good saves. One in particular heading into the bottom right corner was steered round the post when he got a foot to it. Gala began to get more into the game and took the lead in the 34th minute with a shot that was deflected over the Kelly keeper, who was left flapping in a David Marshall-esque manner. It remained 1-0 <laughs> to Gala at half-time. <laughs> oh, that got keep, me. <laughs> keep the noise down over there, Ron. That <laughs> got me, man, that's funny. <laughs> Kelly weren't shy at making changes, bringing on their more experienced players. While they continued to press forward, they struggled with Gala's offside trap. Rory was heavily involved with the ball at his feet, moving it across the pitch and keeping the Kelty players chasing shadows. Although Kelty had a good go to try to get an equaliser, they were unable to get past a well-marshalled defence and even after some serious added time, Gala came out victorious. Keeping a clean sheet against the League One side was a great result for the team and Big Rory and sees Gala into the final. Jacob Comerford at Cumbernauld Colts, he is still out injured. The Academy and B team. On Tuesday of last week, the B team hosted Hibs in the Reserve League Cup and they were to suffer their first defeat in that particular competition. It was a tight match with not much in it, but Hibs would run out 2-0 winners on the day. I personally only caught the last 20 minutes of the match and although we were attacking and trying to get back into the game, would lose a goal that Jack Newman would probably like back and that was all she wrote. The academy lads were also in action on Friday as Motherwell under-18s came to Gussie. For some reason, this game completely slipped my attention, but from seeing the scoreline, reading the match report from the United website, it would appear that we got a bit of a skeleton. United, as usual, played a very young side and lost the game 6-3. Our goal scorers on the night were Heenan with a penalty, Donald and substitute Petrie with an outrageous volley. The women's team... It was Glasgow City last week, and it's Glasgow Girls this week. Last week, against a strong Glasgow City side, it was a bit of a strange game. With just four minutes on the clock, the team found themselves two down. A dreadful start by anyone's definition. 
The team settled into things after that, and in 15 minutes, podcast pal Danny McGinley would half the deficit, and it looked like it was game on. Less than 60 seconds later, though, and an absolute howler from the young linesman running the far side line at Gussie, and it was 3-1. It looked offside at the time, and having seen it back, it's unreal just how far offside the Glasgow player was. Blatant West Coast bias on full display in Scottish football. For the rest of the half, United were doing their best to hang on to the coattails of the Ouija's, and they'd get in at halftime, still 3-1 down. Recently called up for national duty, a new signing, Leah Saidi, then came on for her debut and was involved straight away, running at the city fullback and posing a threat. However, from the 63rd minute until the end, it was essentially one-way traffic, and Glasgow City would add another five goals to their tally. It felt like a harsh scoreline at the end of the game, and I'm not sure that the girls deserved to be on the wrong side of such a large defeat, but City are a good team and were ruthless. This week, though, it's Glasgow girls that are welcome to Gussie Park. It's a game that United simply have to win and should win, Rondo. Glasgow girls are comfortably the poorest team in the league and have not won a single point so far this season. Failure to win this match would be a massive, massive letdown. And I'll be writing hearty out on an old bedsheet if they didn't win this match. Over to you, sir. And I hope that's attached to like outside of Gussie or any of the flyovers on the Kingsway, just so he kens. I'll do both. The donations for Brave the Shave closed on Monday. Last Monday, that was the final day. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who did donate. We raised £2,370 for Dundee Community Trust, which is just an incredible amount of money given that I thought... 100 quid would, would be the target and then we said 500 then we said 1000 and I was getting dead annoyed uh, thinking we can get 3 4 but 2370 quid it's no bad some going some it's going no bad. decent I mean you know you need me some going to earn that in 12 minutes you know if I was worth it for 12 minutes of your time I mean <laughs> you know it's Ronaldo uh, money is it it was yeah listen it was it was just it was class it was class um, to, to raise that kind of dough and so, I, so last week, uh, we'll speak about the live show in a bit, um, or the next live show and all that kind of stuff. But la- because of the live show last Friday, I took Saturday night off, so I wasn't I wasn't working right. So a couple of people at the club knew that this was happening, right? And uh, I went in last night, and it was freezing. So I had my Tammy on, I had a hoodie on. Now I was I was actually in the club with us because the heating wasn't on, so it was freezing, right? And one of them said, oh, let's see then." And I was like, "All right." Tommy come off. It's like, oh, I thought you, I thought you were just going to leave some. I said, no, no, hell thing, right off. They're like, oh, does it no grow in? I'm like, I've shaved this about four times, five times maybe <laughs> since this happened, right? And then, and then they were like, oh, how much did you raise? Did you get above? Because I think at the time it was maybe a thousand or something I had, and I says, oh, just under like two and a half grand, and they were like, wow, and I was like, that's kind of the reaction, you know, that's that's what you want. So it was amazing. So thank you very much to everyone who did. Um, did part with some cash, £2,370. Uh, if you want more details on what the Community Trust do, uh, ct.co.uk They've got a new Facebook page set up. I'm pretty sure they're on Instagram and on Twitter as well, but the website's got every single thing uh, that you would need about them. And again, near 2500 quid going to them. Uh, we are very, very excited now that we're about a month away from the DUSF Gala Evening of Smile for 2023. We were at the rep this week 
uh, chatting to them about how it's all going to be set up and stuff. And what's very exciting, I don't know why we didn't really think this would be the case, but the bit we're doing after it is actually on the set of Smile. In my head, we were on an empty stage, but that's quite cool. And I, I'm quite mm-hmm. excited about that. So uh, we were there for that. Um, we're really looking forward to, to the event. You're going to see Smile. Go and get yourself a pie and a pint, I think it is. And then the second half, come back with us and we'll be joined by uh, Willie Pettigrew, Andy Rowland, Paul Hegarty, John Holt, uh, Hamish McCarthy, and a more small pass uh, to talk all things smile. I, think, I don't think you're getting a pint. You're getting a pint. What did I, I get? A a Have I just gave people a pint? I think I think you might be. Right, there's that, no pint. That. It's just Have a pie. You give that money to the foundation, to the, to the community trust yet, because you might have pony up some dough for some pints. So it's a pie, right? Just pie, and you have to buy yourself a pint. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the um, foundation, the foundation, no, Rondo, they're also doing a Burns night this coming Friday in the early green suite, and you can go on their website on the and get tickets for that. Yes. <laughs> Number of good speakers. Yeah. Gary Robertson, my old mate. Yeah. Top man. Yeah, looking. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to that. A couple of really good uh, events coming up. Uh, but that's uh, the smile one, because we were obviously there and we were chatting about it and stuff. It was getting like, oh, this is quite close. But yeah, about a month away from that one. DUSF.scot is the website. Uh, as always, we are trying to get through some of our interviews, get them on YouTube. Tony Asgar's interview from episode 26 is back. Listen, we know he's running scared. He's got an open mm-hmm. invite. He's welcome at any yep. time. So, any day. Uh, any day of the week. That is up. And it's very, very interesting when you go back to how long ago it was. But since then, and this is what we're getting at this week when we're, me and Paul were chatting, that since actually that's been on, uh, loads of things have happened. Like there's been COVID, there's been umpteen managers, there's been mm-hmm. signings in and out, there's been promotion, there's been Europe, there's been stuff like that. So, um, hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> there's been hashtags. Yeah. That's got out. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's never mind United in pursuit, the Dude Fox podcast in pursuit of Asgard back on. So, um, yeah, so it's something we'd like to do again uh, and and see how it goes. So that should be uh, quite fun. So we're trying to get through them all. Uh, also, by the way, I know we've not mentioned this for a while, right? Because I'm a wee bit sporadic with it, but uh, the newsletter um, that we don't use all the time uh is back. It will be back in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's just one of these things for information. You get some bits and bobs in it, and it's 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 a bit of a. I was nearly said fortnightly, but it's not even fortnightly. But if you want to sign up, there's links on our bios. Uh, just click the link on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and then you can sign up. Sign, stick your email on there, and you might get some nonsense into your inbox very soon. So who am I? It's back. Guess who, if you're Martin. It's 18.16 to myself after last week's brutal clues that everyone seemed to accept were totally fine. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Uh, what was it? I can't even mind. My memory's terrible for these things. What was it last week? Wait a minute, I'll be on my phone. Uh, if you, you get got, a, you got two points if you, you get right in the first points. clue you get five points second, uh, second clue four points third clue three points fourth clue two points if you need to wait <sighs> till the last clue you get a point who was it last week Troy Brown <sighs> it was Troy Brown he played about four or five games or something Mike Troy, <laughs> and then so, retired who I think's an agent now <laughs> he is an agent now oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 
So, <laughs> ready for this? Yeah, let's, let's do it, Rondo. Uh, generally... Just, just jump to clue five, because your first four clues will be absolutely red. No, 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 listen, 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 right. Genuinely, I think it's easy this week. <laughs> yeah, say that every no, week. No, no, I didn't. But generally, last <laughs> night, I was at my work, and I'd, I, I was trying to get other stuff done. I was trying to do on this, uh, the On This Day stuff, and I was like, oh, man, I still need to do... Uh, well, actually, I was making a checklist. I had to do that. I've still got to write our BBC column. Um, mm-hmm. Me and Paul have got a column on the BBC. We've, we've not mentioned it a lot, but it comes out every Monday or Tuesday. Mine's is usually pretty negative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paul's is also like paragraphs. Mine's is like three paragraphs. Uh, I, I get uh, in and get out. So um, and we take week, uh, turn about, we take a week about writing that. Uh, again, links to that are in our uh, bios and stuff. But this week, generally, like generally, I think this is easy. I, I generally think it's easy. Okay. And if you get it on the first clue, you're three points ahead. That's pretty cool. Right. Okay. And you'll go into our break three points ahead, so it'll not be on next week. We just need to remember that. You ready? Yep, yep. Always Rondo. All right. Clue number one. This player, could be male, could be female, don't know. This player is the fourth oldest hat trick scorer for Dundee United. I've probably gave you the answer. I mean, if you've not got it right now, I don't care how this will go. I'm trying to think of what I scored hat tricks for. <laughs> Billy Dodds. Surely Brewster scored a hat trick for her, but no, when he was older. Oh, that's Billy. just reminded me. I'm not trying to put you off here. But we need to bring up about the live show, the boy that won the print last week, because we didn't mention it. Okay. We need to mention that. Just when you went, uh, you mentioned Billy Dodds there, and I thought the framed stuff. So, so when he scored a when he scored a hat trick, he was the fourth oldest for us to do so. If that's your interpretation of that clue, what <laughs> interpretation? What's your clue, you dick? <laughs> this player is the fourth oldest hat trick scorer for United. That's vague. I'm got. I'm saying John Daly because I kind of think of many other players that bloody scored hat tricks. Fourth oldest. <laughs> Okay. <sighs> Clue number two. Mm-hmm. He was the top scorer for United for three seasons running. Hmm. <sighs> top scorer. One of hearts just now as we record this. Finland? That's no my answer, by the way. I'm just querying my score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack! Uh, Ginelli. <laughs> right. Uh, David Dodds. Okay. But that, 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 in, that itself, though, is a half decent clue because that kind of narrows it down. All right, so it's no John Daly, it's no David Dodds. Clue number three for three points that would mm-hmm. give you the lead mm-hmm. going into the one-week break from Who Am I? He mm-hmm. still he made one hundred and sixty-four appearances, scoring forty-three goals. 
over his five seasons at United. So 164 games, 43 goals, five seasons. No John Daly, no David Dodds, Patrick Scorer. Hundred and sixty-four appearances and forty-three goals. Hundred and sixty-four. Uh, right, is my time run out? Yes. Billy Dodds. It's not Billy Dodds. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <sighs> now, mm. I thought they were easy, right? <laughs> well, I mean, the first clue was almost a gimme. I'm, I'm effectively about mm. to give the answer, even okay. though the fifth clue is the belter. But here we go. To tie it up, going into the break, clue number four. Do you need to repeat anything? Are you fine? Are you batter or not? No, no, no. They, they were... They were poor, so you're not need any like this is, help. So you're, for the first clue, Ronda, let's go. You're not need any help. You're not need any lubricant. You're fine. I definitely don't need any lube. Right, let's fire right in. He joined United from Reading. He'd also been with Bristol City, Exeter City, Airdrie, amongst others. Joined United from Reading. <laughs> Why the hell did we sign to Reading? <laughs> <laughs> Can I buy the wedding? Then, <laughs> ah, yeah. Ah, went down for a suit. I have no idea, Rondo. I can't even think while we signed for Reading. Clue number five. People are screaming. People have been screaming at this since the first clue. Maybe. Uh, everyone knows yeah. why the fourth oldest. I, I don't think they're is. screaming what you think they're screaming, no, but I think people probably have been screaming. <laughs> clue number five. <laughs> it doesn't sound like. I'm not getting any of them, right? Because your clue number five was brutal last week as well. Clue number five. This player is also known for being a secret agent, tasked with ensuring Dundee stayed shite during his time at Dens. <laughs> uh, I'll stop you right there. It's got to be Agent Jim McIntyre. Correct. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Now, now that I've now that I've had the only half-decent clue that you've gave us there, uh, I do remember him being at Reading. Yes, that's what we signed Did you say Kelly were in a wee... No, I didn't say that, team. but Kelly right, are no, in it, that list. What was yeah. his other team's at? Exeter? Exeter on loan when he was at Reading, oh. yeah. And uh, Airdrie, I think, was his first club. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that rings a bell, but... You get, yeah, so... Well, so what was his hat-trick against? Oh, he scored... Oh, you're giving me... Must have been a must have been in a cup or something. 
I don't to be. Can what? Yeah, you pined for Alf. I'll tell you. But it's just like your your first clue, the fourth oldest <laughs> player to score a hat trick for him. What a an utterly random, bizarre clue that so, is random. He was 31 years, 9 months and 25 days old when he scored his hat-trick against Kilmarnock at Tanadice in 2004. Okay. The top 10, in reverse order, is Craig Brewster, who was 29, Wilson Humphreys for 1958, Billy Dodds <laughs> is 8th on the list, Okay. Uh, Wilson Humphreys is 7th on the list for when he turned 29 in 9 months, you had Archie Aikman for 1955, you'll remember him. Tommy Trainers in fifth, Jim Matters fourth, Jordy Henderson for 1929, and then Duncan Hutchison as uh, the uh, oldest. He was 33 in six months, 32 in one month, according to the Arab Archive. The Arab Archive, nice one. There you go. Jim McIntyre. Oh, well. Yeah, the agent. Yeah, I, th- I think your red include, now that I think about it, yeah, that was decent. Yeah, he also Top had, obviously... A few um, times, five seasons, yep, that now makes sense. Yeah. Com- First clue was terrible. Kilmarnock and, was terrible. Kilmarnock and Dunfermline are obviously other teams that he played yes, for as well. So. Yeah. The, the one point was a gimme. <laughs> if I hadn't got that, then it was the end of the podcast. I'm not a right fan. I should hang my head and shit. <laughs> so you're still winning by a point now? A point, 1817. point ahead. Yeah. Fair dues. Fair dues. Yes. So there you go. Uh, Dodd Fox Podcast shop is back uh, online. DoddFoxPodcast.com. Fancy grabbing yourself some merch. A nice hoodie because it's still freezing cold. What um, colours are we going with for the hoodies? Oh, the I people I have been asking for a dark grey. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll get a dark grey in. There will be a dark grey. It's not up yet, but we will get one in. Um, still got pink, still got black and mugs and whatever check out toadfoxpodcast.com so last week or last week at the uh, Gardine we announced our next live show uh, was going to be our greatest day which was going to be a 40th anniversary celebration of that win that season that league title in 1983, uh, we're going to be joined by Hamish McAlpine, John Holt, John Riley, Morris Malpass, Paul Higgery, and the one and only Paul Sturrock on Sunday, the 14th of May, at the Gardine Theatre. Tickets went on sale Friday morning at 10am. Those tickets sold out at 10.07. Thank you so much to every single person who queued, online queued, phoned up and whatever to get the tickets. Uh, we do really, really appreciate it. We're looking forward to a great night of a celebration as well. Um, and yeah, the Gar- I mean, the Gardine, it's a, it's a brilliant venue for us. We love it. Uh, we are seeing, we've seen comments for people saying a bigger venue. So we did reach out to uh, a couple of venues. The rep are closed on a Sunday, so we couldn't get the rep. And then we did speak to the Wild Theatre and they were also booked uh, that night as well. They have got a week-long performance uh, which starts that Wednesday. Uh, so that I think they're in the technical and all that kind of stuff on the Sunday. So, and what, what performance would that be, Rondo? Uh, I, be- I believe it's your favourite way for your missus to be dressed up and that is in the Kinky Boots. Um, kinky Boots. I believe. So um, Kinky Boots has outdone us on the 40th anniversary. <laughs> so... Um, and, you know, some people, I think in jest, said the Kurt Hall, which is... You know, two and a half thousand people. Let's let's no let's not go mad. Let's no be difficult or different rather. So yeah, unless you were, you know, majority selling that, I think it's a big empty room to fill. But certainly we did 
we looked to try and get in a slightly bigger venue this time round, but uh, it just wasn't possible. And uh, the guard have been great with us as well. They're a great team behind the scenes that people don't see as well. Uh, so we are going back. And uh, I think if if maybe the season was finished, there could be an argument. You could see if you could do something in the afternoon, but because it's still the season, we don't know. We could mm. end up playing still on that day and whatever else. So uh, that will be the one and only date for that one. But it was just, you know, amazing. Like in seven, I mean, we thought the first one selling so quick for Craig Levine was 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 crazy. This was just unbelievable, and like I say, it's it means absolutely everything. You put your trust in us and spend a bit of cash on us pulling together an event. I mean, we know you're not coming to see us, but the guests, and hopefully you you know you maybe go because we help put on a good. We were kind of like the glue that holds it together. You know, we'll we'll guide that ship where it needs to go. Any other of those phrases I could throw in there? I, think I quite like them. No, I, I like the glue in. That was <laughs> um, good. And then you threw a ship in there, and uh, yeah, we, we'll just guide that ship. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and, and 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 people obviously enjoy that, and and, and obviously sorry for people that couldn't get tickets. Um, there's a bit of a wait list already that people have said, but yeah, just. Uh, it's just incredible thank you so much yeah can't wait can't wait it'll be it will be a good night we will we'll try and ensure that uh, and I know from speaking to a couple of the legends since the since it sold out that they're they're really looking forward to it as well so uh, we will do our best indeed we will um, on this day in association with the Arab Archive preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006 the 23rd of January is our focus Two games, two signings and two birthdays to mention. To 1990, it was a third round replay in the Scottish Cup as a John Clark goal, his first in the Scottish Cup, earned us a home tie with Queen of the South. It also meant that we had eliminated Dundee from the Scottish Cup for the fourth consecutive season. Ah well. Easy work. Easy work. A healthy crowd of almost 8,000 saw United's best performance of the season in 2016 as they scored four first-half goals without reply to blow Kilmarnock away. The fifth and final goal was scored by club captain Sean Dillon who played a great one-two with uh, Simon Murray. He got the break of the ball off a Kelly defender. He played another one-two and then he poked the ball past the stranded Jamie McDonald, ended up on the deck, mouth full of mud, but it finished that day 5-1 and false hope was given to us in January. Remember that one well. Oh. Remember it well. That was that was an incredible game, an incredible goal, uh, <laughs> an iconic celebration when you see them fist in on the mud. But that day, Rondel, like when we, when we beat them five one, like a lot of people genuinely thought, even though we were still about hundred points behind, they must have thought well, we could possibly claw this back, and it, it just it obviously never materialised that way. Uh, but that that game as a one-off, that uh, was uh, a very good performance that day. Indeed, it was. Uh, our signings this week combined didn't even make fifty appearances. Both of them are still playing in the Sins Premiership as well. First up's a defender signed by Jackie McNamara. He went on to make forty-one appearances, scored once before being sold for three hundred thousand pounds. On this day in twenty fifteen, we signed Ryan McGowan. Mm-hmm. Yep, mind him, mind him. He was nah. There was a lot of people when he was at United saying, ah, he's, he's finished, he's near the end." And as you say, he's still playing, he's still, still doing it at a team that are above our team in the league. Mm. Fair play to him. 
Uh, next up is a goalie who joined United on loan to replace the departing Matty Rakavan. <sighs> I, think, I think I know who this is. He featured only in, uh, only once in United's final regular season game in the Scottish Championship. Uh, we got beat 1-0 for Morton at Carpelo mm-hmm. on this day, 29-19. We signed... Laidlaw. Ross Laidlaw. Yes. Laidlaw, yeah. That was, was that not the day Mochrie made his debut as well? Could sure be right. it was. He came on, he was the youngest. I think it was. Could, Could be, be right. Like, usually on. But he's done, um, I think when you see a keeper like Laidlaw, at least he's had a decent career. He joined us on loan, wasn't really playing and thought he looked all right for, for what I've seen of him so far, but yeah. No, he's, he's, still he's looked all right. He's, uh, well, hey ho. Birthdays then. It's a happy 41st birthday to Stuart Duff, who made 171 appearances and scored four <laughs> goals for your head. Yes, you are saying He's exactly on. what I was thinking. It's only 41. He is only 41. Cheesy peeps. Yeah. He's only He's eight months older than me. Year. Yeah. He's just older than me. About eight months. Stuart Duff scored the winner at Ibrox once, did he not? Mm. He's part of the, but we pumped them. Uh, Aberdeen at Tanadice he was part of the Red TV commentary that day it was brilliant he was right next to me <laughs> get it up you Stuart Duff may have been showered I think <laughs> I don't mean that Stuart um, our second birthday boy was signed by Peter Houston he made 37 appearances scored 3 goals before uh, being put on loan plenty of times during his time at United Michael Gardine's 37 today hmm yeah, well, well, that would be good to get him on the podcast, I suppose, just to find out what on earth happened. Uh, but the, the talk was that he'd fell out with McNamara when he came in, or McNamara didn't fancy him or something. But uh, his names came up a few times when we spoke to ex-teammates that he, he does seem like a bit of a comedian behind the scenes. So it would be good to get him on at some point. And I'm so happy that, birthday to you, anyway. I think he's still, uh, is he still playing with... Sean Dillon? He's at, he's at Montrose, eh? Yeah. Ah, he's probably still shiting in bins and whatever. <laughs> being in baths. Some boy. Oh, he's Some a, boy. Oh, he's a funny boy. He's a funny, funny boy. Uh, right. Just a small matter of Celtic at Tanadice on Sunday. It's a 4pm kickoff for that one. How do you think we'll get on? We're at Dode Fox Podcast on social media. Do have a great week. Stay safe. And don't forget, as always, to wash your hands. And your asshole. Mm-hmm.